I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hey y'all, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And friends, the janky age is over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) The age of jank is behind us. Know what that was? That was an air horn coming straight off my iPad. And through our new mixer. Through a very cheap but well-reviewed audio mixer it wasn't it wasn't cheap it was not cheap (laughs) it was not that cheap if it was a hooker it would be quite expensive actually it would be you'd have a good time this mixer was a hooker you get your money's worth yeah and we are already getting our money's worth because i mean we just have all the like bam so many so so many many drops drops. i promise listen i already (laughs) sent caitlin like a video on facebook of me just playing all the drops yep (laughs) that i found on this soundboard Friends, we know our history. We know with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. I will not overuse the drops. You pinky swear? Make uh, it a pinky swear. The actual pinky swear. <laughs> I will not overuse the drops. But when they hit, you're going to be like, Damn, son. You just hit with a wow effect. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I can just hear him, hear them through his headphones. Caitlin refuses to wear a monitor, which, like, frankly, like audio talk is the weirdest thing that she does not want to hear. I don't what's hear happening. My, my she voice. just wants to, she just wants to talk. Hey, look, I think in my head I have a much lower voice than I do, and then I hear it, and I'm like, oh, I'm a basic white bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, as we said, the new era is here. The mixer is here. Yes, means eventually. Once we get a microphone, another <laughs> microphone, guests will probably be a part of this endeavor. Yeah. We hope. We hope. But if you want to go back, if you want to be like, what was the age of jank? Ooh. It was long. <laughs> not always dark. We made the best of it. Mm-hmm. You know, people had fun during the Great Depression, I'm sure, still. A lot of great art came out of that, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We're, maybe. Not, we're not really sure. Nah, we not, no. There are a few ways you can go back and enjoy our archives. First and foremost, SoundCloud.com. Slash GeekdownPod. That's where the show lives. Yep. All of our archives are there. You can listen to all 105 episodes. This is yep. episode 106. Yeah. So 105 and, and ish. And other assorted things. You can listen to all of them there. And if while you're there, you're like, this is great. It can only get better. Yeah. If the new era is going to be better than the old one, I don't want to miss a second. And I'm like, friends, <laughs> you're correct. Absolutely correct. So we have a way you can do that. While you're at SoundCloud, you'll see a button that says subscribe. Caitlin, is there anything on that button that might help you identify it there is um i referred to it last week as a douchey symbol um the douches were not happy with that assessment i got uh a text from someone going i'm a douche and at first i had no idea what this person was talking about and then with a little bit more explanation i actually felt kind of bad and i was like well well, see, Jordan has it, so I was really just calling Jordan a douche. Oh, and listen, I'm fine with it. When I finally got a MacBook, an iPad, and an iPhone, I took a photo and put it on Instagram and said, when you when you actually get all of these devices, you unlock an app that calls you a douche. Yeah. Because like, yeah. you've officially you know graduated. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's not really – you know what? As we said, with great power comes great responsibility. Some people are a douche when they have these products. 
It's basically just an apple symbol with a bite out of it. Which means when you click that button, it will take you to Apple Podcasts, which is where you can subscribe to the show. And I'm sure lots of people who use Apple Podcasts are very nice. Very lovely. Now, you don't have to use Apple Podcasts. There are many ways you can search out the show on your Android device, there's, on your computer, any any anything, any podcast aggregator that uses RSS. Stitcher. You give us a search. Hiccup. We going to be <laughs> Stitcher, Unstitcher, <laughs> Speeder. Threader, Speeder, Zip. <laughs> if you're a Zip.com user. That's probably a thing. <laughs> probably. <laughs> They're like, I can listen to the geek down on this. I thought, <laughs> I thought this was just for finding deals on shoes. <laughs> we there too. Because yeah. you know what? His reach is long. <laughs> His reach is far. But always warm and comforting. He's your man, Chauncey, the geek down internet elf. That should have deserved a drop. <laughs> <laughs> you want Chauncey to have a drop? Chauncey, yeah. the geek down internet elf. Wow. He's an elf. <laughs> Oh, he God. brings you the geek down. You'd be like, wow. wow. That's amazing. Sidebar, did you see that uh, people have been sending records lately by uh, gathering to say the signature Owen Wilson wow in public? What? Did I not send you that link? I thought I did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> people, <laughs> the largest gathering of people saying Owen Wilson's wow in one place. Why? And what happened in Toronto, too? I think they were like yelling it at the CN Tower or something. They, like met at the base of the CN Tower going like, Wow. Wow. What is going on? Wow. Are people that starved for like groups and friends? Yes. <laughs> yes, they uh, are. Anyway, you can subscribe on all those places when you do. Chauncey, your man's when he's not project managing or being a doctor, evaluating women's genitals, delivering babies. Because that's what he does. He professionally, will, though. Professionally. Not, not for fun. Well, I mean, he loves his work and yeah. the value he brings and the help that he gives to people. Yeah. And but, there's, sometimes he does that, but that's on his off hours. Jordan, your man's watching what he's saying this week. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> can, can I, I'm not. I'm can, like, can, woo, vaginas! Kate and I didn't talk about that in the room yet, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. So, yes, that's where you can find the show. New episodes come to your device every week. That's it. Nothing else from you. They just appear. Yeah. And you'll be like, holy shit, this episode sounds great. And I'll be like, yes, it does. Because people who value this show and want to see it grow... Went to patreon.com slash geekdownpod and parted with their hard-earned money. They did. To ensure that we have this beautiful wire-filled. It's amazing looking. <laughs> Guys, there are so many wires in here now. God, it's almost it's almost like um, future punk and like all kinds of things in it. There's lights bleeping. and. I said on Twitter that your washed anime reference of the day, it looks like Lane's bedroom from Serial Experiments <laughs> Lane. Here's your old 90s anime of the day. Go back and watch that if you want to see what we thought the internet would be like yeah. <laughs> back then. Anyway, you can read that tweet and so many others on our Twitter, which is at GeekDownPod. That was good. It wasn't bad. That was pretty good. It was a little clumsy. It was okay. Um, you can also hit up our Instagram account where I took a photo of the mixer when we got it to thank people. That's also at GeekDownPod. You can email us to say, hey, congratulations on getting the mixer. Yeah. And then also send us fan art of what you think Jordan's apartment looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send, send us a link to where I can find more drops as well, you can congratulate us on our Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geek down pod. Geek down pod. And that is where you can do those things. We accept all types of feedback. Oh, yeah. We got some this week, Kate. What? Or last week or earlier in the week. We got feedback? We did. 
We never hear from the outside world. We never do. We got a tweet that I opted not to reply to. Okay. On on the Twitters. And I was a little taken aback by it. Mm-hmm. The tweet said this. On the episode that you reviewed my husband's brother, it's called my brother's husband, the male reviewer said something so vile, I wanted to vomit. Completely spoiled the episode for me and put me off subscribing. But we love that. We, vile, Caitlin. We love that manga. I said something so vile and I was taken aback. Like what would, like I don't dismiss criticisms of the show. No. And we, and we like we've talked about, we can get kind of blue and weird sometimes. But we're never like really gross. And I have had, you know, I had the same reaction you did. I was like, we loved that book. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. We wouldn't have said anything about the content of that book. And I went back and granted, I skimmed it. And the only thing I can think of yeah. is that later in the episode, while comparing the uh, mangaka of my brother's husband with his earlier work. Yes. I may have used a phrase that somewhat glibly referred to scat play. Ah. Mm-hmm. Which is, listen, I didn't make the book. No. I glibly, I was being glib. I apologize for the glibness. I was merely trying to let people know that if you were charmed by this book, you will likely not be charmed by his previous works. Yes. Yes. And also trying to, like, talk about the kind of how different these things <laughs> the, are the weird career arc he's on right now where yeah. this is how we got to start i even <laughs> i even went back to make sure because i wanted to be accurate Caitlin. Right. i yes. didn't want to say that this uh, this act occurred in tagami's work yeah. without knowing for a fact oh that was a weird wednesday <laughs> <laughs> oh dear i'm real happy that tag search is in my google history now um <laughs> It did come across a photo or an image from one of his manga where a gentleman passes a pool ball, oh. which I promptly sent to Stupid Matt as soon as possible. <laughs> Context free. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt. The point is, it's never our intention to offend anyone. It will happen. Uh, sometimes it's our intention to offend certain people. <laughs> <laughs> Diversity in comics, it's always our intention to offend you. I wasn't trying to be super glib. I take for granted, perhaps, that I have a filter in the room with me at all times. Her name is Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin probably goes back and listens to episodes and is struck by, like, he took some stuff out that I don't really feel like he needs. He needed to. Yeah. But I go back and I listen to it, and I just kind of remember the look on her face. She might not always say it, but, like, sometimes I say shit in here, and I can just kind of tell <laughs> by the look on her face. I am I'm like, an she's open not, book. <laughs> she's not totally on board with that one. That was maybe not the best look, so we just kind of, like... Take that one out, and you, the listener, never know. But nothing I said on that episode <laughs> got taken out. Caitlin was like, ah, "Cool," but not everyone is Caitlin, and no. and we do. This is a very much like an adult po- podcast. It's not family friendly. We talk about all kinds of things. Says clearly, and there's a little red e on it on every episode. Yeah, things are explicit because we like to fucking swear. So yeah, we swear and we talk about sex and vaginas a lot. Actually, so many all like you guys and penises. If you're not about vaginas, this is not the show for you because <laughs> yeah. there's going to be so much vagina talk and, on the show and penises. Like I will talk about penises all night long. Caitlin is all about. Kate wants more penis and as many things oh, as possible. Absolutely. Yep. I am like fervent in my advocation for more penis all the time. <sighs> I cannot wait to go back through old episodes and just pull out clean drops of you to add. <laughs> to add Free anything. the pee? Anyway. Uh, uh, my not- parents sometimes listen to this show and I'm just like, so I'd like oh. to get it all in the first like 15 minutes, right? 
Anyway, I may not personally agree with this person's take, but I do apologize that I was glib in my description. I should have been more considered in how I phrased it. I was having too much fun. I was with one of my best friends. <laughs> we were talking about how weird it is that a guy who made a charming all ages manga also made gay PDSM pornography. It's a little strange. It's a little odd. I thought it was discussion worthy. Maybe not in the fashion I said it. Right. Anyway, that's, but, that's your PSA. Not that I think this tweeter will ever hear this, but. No. But we, like like Jordan said, we're open to criticism, even if it's on the more negative side or we probably would have preferred him to tell us exactly what he had a problem with because now we're like, there's a lot of guesswork going <laughs> yeah, into just it. Like, just like how vile, <laughs> clutching my own pearls. How vile was I here? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something good to keep in mind. That is be, be that as it may. Yeah. Anyway, is that all the preamble? I think that's all the preamble. That out of here? Um, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's been interesting. Interesting. I want a contest. You did, yes. You told me you won a contest. Yeah. Isn't winning contests the best? It's amazing. Remember when I won those tickets to Thundercat and I was like, I never fucking win anything in my life. It's yeah. just so awesome. So um, every so often, if it you know appears in my feed, I will enter contests. Mm. Um, every so often I go on a spurt where I'll enter like <laughs> 10 like travel contests. It's like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. There's the places you can go where I've they just- now. I could have done that. You could, you could, <laughs> but sometimes it's fun to make your own drops. That's true. Um, uh, I will go like just wild and like enter 10, uh, there's one for Cuba, there's one for Paris that I've entered, one for Montreal, just enter all of them. Oh, the travel contest. Yeah. Um, or if something comes up and it's easy to, to enter, I'll enter it. Does this so, mean you're going to get calls offering you a cruise on your cell phone for the rest of your life now? Or Yeah, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, actually they email you, but. Those aren't real cruises, Kate. Don't. <laughs> Damn it. I don't like boats anyways. <laughs> Besides that, um, I will enter random ones as well um, that just sort of come up on my Facebook feed. And because we know that I live there because I'm an old person. And um, this one was for the Hamilton Conservation Area. Woo! Yeah, Hamilton Conservation Area. Woo. Um, and I did a small like survey. It was like five questions. And I got... Uh, free passes to a water park for the summer and like $25 to their... For the summer? For the summer. You got a season pass to a water park? No, it's not season. It's, it's like a pa- like oh. a day pass, but it's still a free day pass. I thought it was like a season pass. Like you just go to the water park like every week. It's a free day pass. Oh, no, I got to come here. I can't go to the, be, go, go into the water park every weekend. <laughs> what, you don't want me to do this podcast anymore? We only do it one day. Saturdays at the water park, Sundays at the podcast, Caitlin. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. People have birthday parties, Jordan. They'd be having birthday parties at the water park from now on. <laughs> it's true. Hope you like to get wet because you're having your birthday at the water park. Anyways, it's a day pass and um, $25 to any of the conservation areas. Um, Go with your nature walk on, son. I'm probably going to do um, a maple maple syrup tapping. I've never been. Oh, no. He's looking for a drop. Oh, dear. <laughs> I just want to keep using the wow all the time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Caitlin's going Caitlin's to go maple syrup tapping. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I think it's amazing. I've never been before. Um, but yeah, so that was part of my week. So, you know, that was fun. Um, it was very nice in Toronto this week. Was it? Yes. Like like 12 degrees. Oh, yeah. I remember that day. And I wanted to, uh, wanted to go out and play. Mm-hmm. I haven't been out to play in so long. Yeah. And... 
I got that um I got that pitch done. I'm not going to speak about what it is, but early signs were good. good. Excellent. Uh, downside is we'll know if we don't get it who fucked it up. It was me. That you can't be sure of that. <laughs> How your your brain this is who is, I am as a person. It's this like, is who I it's am like as I a can person. See the white like the it's thing that's I been plugged into the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Like you know when you're like, oh, that's not right. Who I am as a person. <laughs> your wires are all. Blah, blah, blah. <sighs> And but that's when I went. I went to go out, go out and play. And um, oh, the, right, that was the most important thing, Caitlin. Oh, Caitlin. Yeah. The saga's over, Caitlin. <gasps> nope, 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 not that nope, one. Not nope, that one. Nope. Not that one. He's pulling out records, shuffling not that through. One. No, I was a. Ma- I was adding all my, uh, getting all my Japanese records together because they're all so gorgeous together. Oh yeah, fucking what? let's do it by Monaco Yoshida, and lighten up by Monaco Yoshida. Wow. Mm. Wow. Look at her. <laughs> Don't make me play the drop. Wow. Um, <laughs> listen, listen, inside record crate collector talk. We're not going to Yoshida for the diggers out there. She got one album called Tornado. No, the song's called Tornado. The album's called Monochrome. They all go out yeah. and they buy that and they jack the price up on that. Y'all are sleeping on Braid's era, Monaco Yoshida. Why are you Why are you telling people this? Because I got mine now. No, no, <laughs> go ahead. Jack the price off. I got mine. I'm not going to rebuy it again so I get one with an Obi. Like, it's, it's fine. But y'all are sleeping. Sleeping. First time ever. I had my little soulful Sunday where I would dance my ass off to one of these on yeah. Instagram. Had people hit me up like, oh my God, what is that song? Because they have to have it. Because Monaco's the fucking queen. Also, pro tip, Monaco wrote and produced all this shit. Monaco's a fucking goddess. Like, get on Monaco. Get I also it. like that shirt that she's wearing. It's got a <laughs> her, her, zeppelin on it. Yeah, it's got a fucking blimp on it. Very nice. It's on the back. There's another shot. This one's got a poster in it. And I love her hair. Yeah, she's got... That afro? Sweet. She's got a perm on that one. That was 82, I think. That was 78. This one was 80. This one was 82. So she was onto the braids by 82. Anyway, that tracking number never did work, by the way. Oh, this is this is the saga of his uh, record that he records that he ordered from Japan. The first time I ordered on Discogs, which is basically like a dedicated like online flea market just for records. Yeah. And basically it's like you don't even have to dig anymore. If this was a record you want, you go on Discogs, you find a good price for it. You buy it. All through PayPal, what have you. But yeah, it's... The guy was dragging his heels. It was taking a while. And mm-hmm. then he gave me a tracking number. And when they left Japan, the tracking number just never worked again. And then I'm sitting here one day on mon- last Monday and I hear like, I can't fucking dumb in my draws. Like it's, it's home time. Yeah. Home time is draws time. Like, yeah. You just like whip off all your clothes. Everyone knows that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, there's no reason. The only reason I'm putting on pants right now is on the off chance. This is anything to do with my records. And I go like, <laughs> Slowly put on pants and I go over and I look in the in the people and I'm like, this better be a postman. Oh my god, it's a postman! <laughs> like, <laughs> look like a fucking crazy person in this fucking like. Give me records, give me records. Fucking Parkdale bachelor just whipping open <laughs> my door like unmade bed behind me. I'm like, <laughs> just looking fucking feral. And yeah, so they were my records, beautifully shipped, as advertised. You know, the best quality. A little no, they're a little noisy, but I mean, yeah, because the guy who ha- was going to the pilot. Who had them on his plane was Pepe, listening. Pepe listening Pepe. to them. Yeah. <laughs> Ceaselessly. I, I need a good cleaning day coming up. Ooh. 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 Like, Are you going to set it all up here? I don't set it up here. I set it up over on the counter over there. Right. And this is like the, this is for pledging the covers. Oh, okay. You pledge the covers. A little furniture polish and pro tips for. Really? Yeah. You pledge them? Mr. Malash saw somebody at, a, at Hello Records in Detroit doing this. Yeah. Where you just kind of take like a dusting cloth. Yeah. Do a little pledge on it. 
then you polish up the covers, kind of gives it that gloss again. It doesn't like ruin the. Apparently not. Just gives them gives them back that little bit of sheen. Ooh. Get some of the. Well, don't go crazy. Sort of, don't go crazy with the pledge, because we all know what that's like. Makes furniture sticky. Nobody likes that. I got a hardware floor, right? So I'll be walking through here just like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find you just like on your back. Ass, o- ass overhead, just done. Um, so that, that that was my first win of the day. Yeah. My second win of the day, I had too many outings just to like go to one place and come back. Uh-huh. I think it was Wednesday. I had a couple of days off Wednesday. Whoever is doing the buying at Sonic Boom, mm-hmm. in which is like the is, is the basic bitch. Of record stores in Toronto. Yes. It's, I'm not going to say it's like the Walmart, but it's like if you want a new release, you go to Sonic Boom. It's not going to be – the price isn't going to be that bad. It's clean. It's organized. But it's like – There's lots of Fleetwood Mac. Lots of Fleetwood Mac. Sidebar. If you're under 21 and I see you browsing the Beatles section at Sonic Boom. He will try and hit you. I'll just throw something at you. It'll be a Fleetwood Mac record. <laughs> Probably. I'll, <laughs> I'll start there. It's like number one. Just put, not rumors. Put, why not rumors? Don't right. throw rumors at someone. I thought you were about to have a hot take on rumors. No. I like, love- like rumors is not the Fleetwood Mac album. Caitlin's Ryan for Tusk over here. Like, Though I love Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> That that's the definition of a hot take. <laughs> By the way, Tusk over rumors. Tusk that's over. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll throw the first album, the first not the first Fleetwood Mac, but like the first Buckingham Knicks album. The t- the self titled before rumors. Like like you like that one? No, like that's what I throw. That's oh like, oh yeah, that's. Fine. I was like, I don't care if it gets damaged, but it's also better than your fucking Beatles records. Yeah. Um, but somewhere they they always had an international section, and let let me tell you about how the white people. Yes. As in the white. Record collectors of the world. Yeah, don't sigh. No, I, no. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking that I was going to say oh, white people are the worst because I do say it all the time because we are the worst. We are the worst. Um, but I was going to let Jordan tell a story. Generally, when you go to the international section, it's like Brazil, right? It's all Brazil, really? Yeah, Brazil is huge. Okay, which is fine. I have a little Brazilian subsection in there as well. Mm-hmm. Love me some Brazil. Love me some samba. Love all that. Or it's like, if you do get some Asian stuff, it's like Cambodian psych rock. What's Cambodian psych rock? The white people. I actually no. I have psychedelic soul salsa or samba or something. That's I have horrible. a I have a rough guide compilation of that. You know, you know psych rock. Yeah, it's like psych rock from Cambodia. But that just sounds awesome. Yeah, um, but it's usually that because the white people love psych rock, and I'm like, eh, it depends. Sometimes right. it's got a good drum break, but I don't need a whole album of it. Recently, Sonic Boom slowly and without warning kind of added a dedicated Japan section. Right. I've heard this from the record buyers I know in Toronto, like the store owners. Right. Japan is becoming a thing now. Understandably. The diggers are the diggers are, are on to like what my Vaporwave listening to as figured out a couple of years ago. And even I was late when I figured it out. You know, the Vaporwave kids were on it before me. Right. But now it's like yeah, everything's kind of starting to creep up because the diggers are out there scooping it up. And I knew Sonic Boom was going to be the place because they were the only place that had Tokyo Nights Female J-Pop Boogie 1981 to 1988, which right. about a month ago. Yeah. They had this thing I didn't even know existed, Midnight in Tokyo, Volume 1. I don't know if it's a bootleg. I don't know where it came from. But it has so many Japanese heaters. And that was my Wednesday. I was like, fuck it. I bought this thing. I was literally, the only thing I could find, like the only reference to it was like a SoundCloud preview mix Ooh. that the label I put up. Your man will listen to data. Yeah. <laughs> in the record store to find out if, a, if an album is good. Yeah. Because I'd rather spend my money on data to find out that album. I'd rather spend $5 in data to find out a record is bad. Yeah. Than spend $50 on a record and come home and know it's bad. Yeah. Anyway. 
So that was one. And I thought that was Wednesday. And I was down there and I thought, you know what? Let me go. Let me go to Steve's and see if this fucking mixer ever showed up. Because we were a call last week. They called. And did not leave a message. Did not leave a message. I had to reverse look up that it even was Steve's. I was like, but, meh. I was going, I'm fucking, I'll go home. Right. And I went home. Stopped by Cosmos. Hisa wasn't working. They didn't have anything new. Hisa, stop taking days off. I miss you. I want to play with your dog. (laughs) (laughs) He posts pictures of his dog on Instagram. She's adorable. And then Thursday... Just chilling at the crib, watching Bob's Burgers or what have you. Yeah. Phone rings. Same number. I'm like, oh, well, see if they leave a message this time. They do leave a message. Pick it up and listen to it. Uh, yeah, Steve Music calling. Uh, your mixer is still here. Come and get it whenever you want. Uh, I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Burnout? You want to take that bass out of your voice? Because <laughs> you never called to tell me it was there in the first fucking place. <sighs> Did you go get it? I went down and got it. Did you tell them that uh, you didn't appreciate them? No, because I needed to make sure I could get a cord to plug the iPad into. Oh, I see. Into the a, a short one, and I do not know the measurements for these things. I think it's three three and a half to a quarter the dimensions of the plugs. But I just said I need a small to big. <laughs> I need a short, small to big, which, fun fact, is always what my band referred to them as. <laughs> really? We short. never knew the size of anything. Short, small to big? Or? Short, small to big. And the, the big ones. <laughs> medium I need a big medium. one that goes into a small one. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping the ends of my fingers together. And that was my week. It, was, it wasn't fun. It was very, like, biz- I was on my business this week. You know, aside from buying a couple of records, it was mostly figuring out how to work this monstrosity. So this week, for me, um, was what... Uh, university and college students will know as reading week. Oh my God. So you were just, I do not feel bad about harassing you on Facebook all week. Then. Um, I spent the first two days doing what they call professional development. <gasps> I went to a course called uh, mental health first aid. Uh, it was very, <laughs> can you apply some to me? Yeah, I could, <laughs> I could. Um, and it was very, very interesting. And if you have a chance to take anything like it in your workplace or at your school, I would suggest doing it. Um, especially in this day and age. Um, it was also uh, really interesting to... So something blew my mind. Blew your mind. Blew my mind. So we had to do a whole bunch of group activities, which is not my favorite thing, but I liked the group I was working with, so that was good. Um, and one of them was that you just said, okay, I want you got each group to write down, um, like put down the alphabet A to Z for each one of the letters, write down a stereotype of mental illness. Hmm. So we write down all these things and she, so we all, and then we all read them out and you know, they're all things like aggressive and belligerent and all of that. And then she says, before we get into it anymore, I just want to say, I never said the stereotypes needed to be negative stereotypes. And I was like, (laughs) because everyone of course put negative stereotypes. No one, you know, no one put anything like brave yeah. or, you know, resilient or any of that stuff. I don't have Funkmaster Flex bombs on this soundboard. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be playing those right now. Um, yeah. So it kind of blew my mind. Um, really helped me turn it around to like have the mirror, have me face the mirror, right? What are my uh, preconceived notions? Mm. What are um, the stereo, the negative stereotypes that I use, um, also approaching, um, the thinking about suicide in a different way. 
um, changing your language, a lot of that kind of stuff, which um, is really great. And it was a really great session. And I met a friend. You met a friend? I met a friend. And we're Facebook friends now. Amazing. Which is amazing because I have such a hard time meeting people and um, becoming Facebook friends with them <laughs> um, because I have my own mental health <laughs> issues. <laughs> Caitlin also requires mental health first aid. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was really great. Anyway, and then, and then you know, uh, it was just, like you said, it was nice out. Uh, one of the days I got to leave early. It was great. And now, next week, it's back to the grind. Back to stupid, no longer reading week. Yeah. Well, shall we get into some news? I think so. I have a couple items. Do you have anything? I have nothing. You have nothing. I thought I was going to have stuff this week, and then I looked at it again and went, oh, no. Well, is, the only thing. Which, sorry, which is just me being like, eh, it's not worth it. I have two things. Like I said, the the Emerald City Comic Con yep. is all happening right right now. That's the Seattle yep. Comic Con. Kind of a sleeper. Kind of well beloved by especially the comic industry. Yes. So news tends to trickle out of there sometimes. And one of the things that I was not expecting. What does the industry love, Caitlin? They can't just let a thing be a thing. They love mashing it with another thing. They do love mashups. Yeah. They also love expanding it you got to get that expanded universe you can't just have spider-man you got to have 15 movies about like spider-man's dog walker and (laughs) (laughs) you that spider doug (laughs) (laughs) sorry spider doug spider Spider doug walks your dog (laughs) spider doug um so they love to get that expanded universe. Yeah. You know, just milk that IP for everything you possibly can. Absolutely. And in a move that I was not expecting, you think mm-hmm. of all the like expanded universes you could possibly have. The Sandman universe was not one I was expecting. That is, that is a head tilt. So sure. we know Vertigo be going through some changes mm-hmm. lately, trying to sort of reestablish its footing, reclaim some of its former glory that's kind of been usurped by Gerard Way's young animal imprint over yeah. there at DC. Mm-hmm. So this is going to consist of four books. Ooh. Gaiman is directing it and signed off. Ooh. Um, he's not writing any of the books, but you know, a fanboy's first pearl clutch every time the even word Sandman is uttered is like, <laughs> Neil, <laughs> what did, what did Neil say? Don't you dare do anything without Neil. Yeah. And to their credit, DC knows, even though they could like, they could straight Alan Moore's ass. Like, yeah. Poor but, Alan Moore. Uh, you, you, did well, it, you did it to yourself, Alan. I was about to say, he's kind of crazy and did it to himself. He but kind of did it to himself. Um, but I mean, hey, shout, shouts to never selling out, I guess. Yeah. I although I think Alan still cashes them checks. So yeah. I don't, I don't think Alan's uh, giving a Watchmen check away in a, <laughs> in a minute. Maybe the movie he did, but I'm sure them, I'm sure them book royalties still, still come in. He's got to stay. He's got to stay laced with fucking <laughs> alchemy supplies <laughs> somehow. <laughs> build up his wizard's tower <laughs> yeah it's like there's so many crystal holding dragon minis he's got to buy <laughs> to decorate the place alan Moore, you're a fucking icon and a legend i love you so gaiman has signed off on this there will be four titles in this designed to sorry i just scanned through the cover of sandman universe number one is done by jay lee who is one of my favorite artists and it's gorge this is going to explore areas of like, not just the dreaming. Right. Like, if you read Sandman Overture, he even kind of, like, Gaiman himself, you even kind of widened the net a little bit there. You met the Endless's parents. Like, right. 
the sort of universe galactic element there. Like he's he's left enough treats over the years oh, yeah, in absolutely. his stories. So this will be Sandman Universe number one, which is plotted by Neil and written by everyone by Cy Spurrier to Nalo Hopkinson. Interesting. Mm. Daniel has gone missing. It's caused chaos in the kingdom of dreams. A rift between worlds has opened, revealing a space beyond the dreaming. <gasps> Meanwhile, a book from Lucian's library of all the unwritten books ever dreamed is discovered by a group of children in the waking world. Suddenly, a new house appears, the House of Whispers. What? Joining the houses of secret and mystery in the dreaming. Its proprietor is a fortune teller called Urzuli whom the inhabitants of the dreamy suspect may be responsible for the strange goings-on. Elsewhere, Lucifer has fallen again, only this time he might be in hell of his own design. And in London, a young boy named Timothy Hunter sleeps. In his dreams, he becomes the world's most powerful magician. But in his nightmares, he becomes the world's worst villain, which future will become reality. So I think that's your setup book. And then there will be The Dreaming, House of Whispers, which is the one Neil Hopkinson is writing, uh, a new Lucifer book, and a new Books of Magic book. Super cool. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I'm yeah. sure there are other things coming out of... So I have to say hmm. that when you... Because you brought up Spider-Man first, when you first said Sandman, I thought you meant the <laughs> villain from Spider-Man, and I was like, that is really weird. You're going to find a whole... <laughs> Neil Gaiman is writing a B-tier. He's <laughs> 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 overseeing a, b- a series of books about a B-tier Spider-Man villain. Oh, this is really it's weird. So bizarre, but I mean, hey, he's always about trying new things, that Gaiman. <laughs> fool um that's the one bit of news i found interesting the other thing that was amazing yeah was so (laughs) kim kardashian dyed her hair pink sorry i sorry just that took me by surprise why don't think we've ever talked about the kardashians on this show by design right (laughs) (laughs) okay so kim kardashian dyed her hair pink dyed her hair pink colored her hair pink cool Someone commented that she looked like an anime character. Cool. Kim replied. Oh. And said that that was part of her inspiration and that she is, quote, obsessed with anime. How do you think fandom (laughs) took that news that Kim Kardashian was a fan of anime? I don't know. It's a weird group. They probably did not take it very well. Oh, no. Because... They like to keep things. I believe gatekeep when, is the word you're looking for. <laughs> when popular kids get into the thing that you've liked forever and they've teased you about, it can be really frustrating. I don't believe in gatekeeping. I think the more the merrier. But from experience, I loved Sailor Moon. And I was so picked on. Not just for Sailor Moon, also because I was a weirdo. But Sailor Moon was one of the things I was picked on for. Mm-hmm. And then when every fucking kid was like, Sailor Moon, I'm going to be Sailor Mars. I'm like, you're all stupid and I hate you. Um, but I was a child then. However, I can see people being sensitive about this and maybe not being very nice to Kim. I mean, I and I, I'm sure people can dig up multiple examples on this show, even as recently as, you know, last week, whenever, whenever I was going off about the anime awards. Right. Like, but I'm a hipster. <laughs> I'm not a gatekeeper. You can watch all the shitty shonen shows you want to. I'm going to think you're wasting your time, but I have no problem if you're watching it. Right. Like, and of course, she did not mention any shows in specific. So, of course, people are lob- you know throwing out fake game, fake geek girl at her and all this type of stuff. That's unfortunate. Even Funimation was like, you know, please... Tell us Kanye made you watch uh, Akira because Kanye's on record as Akira being one of his favorite movies. 
What, mm. why, why, why did your husband have to yeah. be the one? I was going to say, her? maybe she's already seen it and maybe that's what they bonded over. Hey, maybe that's their love story. Maybe they both found out they were in an- into anime and that's what bonded them together. And like, I don't want to alarm any of you out there, but pretty much for everybody under 30 at this point, mm-hmm. they know what anime is. It's not your private clubhouse. They might only know Pokemon, Naruto, and Dragon Ball, but they know. Yeah. Also, why is Michael B. Jordan your ideal celebrity anime fan now, but you want to throw Kim out? Because she's a woman and she's popular and beautiful. Yeah. And also, most of you are misogynist. Oh. <laughs> well, we knew that. We knew that. Trust me, we knew that. <laughs> you are. And it's one part, like, listen, I'm, I never thought in a million years I would be sitting here on this microphone defending Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Because also, she ruined Kanye. Oh. Kanye was set up to be ruined anyway. He was already. I don't, I think Kanye ruined Kanye, but anyways. The cult of celebrities surrounding the Kardashians did not help Kanye. <laughs> Anyways, Kanye, you need to get right with Jane B. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, pick up the phone. <laughs> but like, weebs, just relax. <laughs> um, just relax. Yeah, take deep breaths. Like, it's always that thing where like, and I remember having these conversations back when like, fucking the first. Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies were coming out like mm-hmm. or like fucking Lord of the, when Lord of the Rings took over the world. He had the same conversations there where suddenly, you know, people discovered what, you know, Frodo was and <laughs> what a Frodo was. <laughs> they were like, "Oh my god, these are the best movies ever." And you had the real nerds, like the fantasy nerds like going, "Man, it's the same thing." It's like I was getting beat up for like in this in high school and now you just want to kick the door in and be like, "I love Legolas cuz he's dreamy." Uh <laughs> Like, we've always been having these conversations. And, like, in the time we've been having those conversations, the nerd stuff hasn't gone away and more people have seen it. So why are you surprised when somebody like Kim Kardashian is like, yeah, I dig it. Like, she, that, that she would even know what anime is. Also, let's just put it out there. Um, as demonstrated by how packed each anime season is, I think there's enough anime to go around. I think, yeah. <laughs> hey, if she wants boobs and butts sport anime, she can have it. I, I don't know if that's what she wants. We don't know what she wants because she didn't name anything. She doesn't even probably fucking know. Probably doesn't even know, Caitlin. Like me. I have no <laughs> idea who anyone is or what anything's yeah, that's called. A, that's a, Caitlin has definitely at this point seen more anime than your average. And she's like, meh. I'm like, who is that again? Meh. Uh, you, big guy. You, you listen, last week, guy. every character from Haikyuu was orange hair, mean guy, nice senpai. <laughs> But I know now I, when someone says, um, like, senpai, like, I know what that is now. <laughs> she, knows what a, she knows what a senpai is. Yeah. Anyway, let, let Kim live. Let her live. It's fine. As established by Caitlin pointing out that we've gone 106 episodes and never brought it up, it's so easy to ignore. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I heard nothing about it. Probably so, because... I, I mean the Kardashians in general. Oh, If that's yeah. the big affront to your geek sensibilities that... Yeah. That think, she loves it. I think people should just sort of be left alone. Now, in <laughs> in the Kardashians' case, they don't want to be left alone. Like yes. that's part of their celebrity. Um, is like they want people like in their lives at all times. That's how they make their money. But I'm like, just let people do what they want. Let them watch an- 
anime. Let them discover Black Panther and be like, Black Panther's amazing. Because I'm like, yeah, that means there is more Black Panther for the rest of us. Um, speaking of which, hmm. Ta-Nehisi Coates. Yes, he's writing Captain America. Yeah. I Good did for see him. That. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, Sorry, it just I just was thinking no, about like... No, it's a definitely pod-worthy story to mention. Um, I don't know when he's going to start, but um, I did read that, yeah, he's having having made his bones. He spoke a lot about the, the struggles he had learning to write for comics. Just right, it's a, yeah. you know, He comes from a journalism background, basically, and it's a totally different... Medium. Writing style and medium. But yeah, he's... Uh, I don't know what he's going to... I don't know anything about his story or the story he's looking to tell, but he has one, and it's probably going to be really good. Yeah. Um, sidebar, did you see the image making the rounds of... Um, so there's a new Exiles book going around, which is basically like Marvel's multiverse, oh, yeah, yeah, multiverse yeah. hopping book. Yeah. And in one of the multiverses, they go to... Uh, they're the Peggy Carter, Captain America. Yeah. I saw it. Did you see it? Okay. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't even know if you've seen it or not. Um, she had... She was just like... She looked super badass. Still, still took time for to curl her hair though, so I was like, mm. "Well, she is a lady from from the 30s and 40s." So, why well, she had to curl her hair though? Uh, really, she should have it in a ponytail. Yeah, she, yeah. I was like, yeah, I think you should maybe put it in a bun. But, but hey, you know what? It's her style. You do you, Peggy. Yeah, I gotta go back to Agent Carter. I did like that when we watched it. First, first season was definitely better than the second season. Oh, yeah, let's go back and watch the first season. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of watching things. Yeah. Mm, mm. Nailed that one. Uh, so we, good. It was reading week. It was. That, that free up more time for your media diet or? Um, so I did not do certain things that I thought I would do. <laughs> and I did do other things I was not expecting to do. Oh. So um, I have not watched the fourth episode of Uh-oh. <laughs> of uh, volleyball, she, amazing volleyball, volleyball story. She still doesn't know if they won. I have been itching. Like every time I'm like, oh, I should watch, I should watch a volleyball story. <laughs> Scratching the back of her neck like, y'all got any more of that volleyball anime? <laughs> um, something co- keeps on coming up. Um, and because I started watching it without senior correspondent, I, if we watch something together, he's not, he's like, is volleyball story like, um, you're on ice. And I'm like, not no. really. And he's like, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I was like, damn it. I should have said yes. Um, I'd be like, it's exactly like Yuri on ice. I mean, it's like Yuri on ice, but the two boys are never going to like fall in love. <laughs> like that's. Which he has no interest in. <laughs> Just low key kind of tragic. And I'm sure if I search that fanfic, woo. Woo. Um, and then I started watching something called Frankenstein Chronicles. Is that on Netflix? It is on Netflix. It's new, right? Uh, it is new. and Or it was doing its own thing and then Netflix mm. brought it back. You get it? <laughs> monster. Frankenstein monster. Hey. 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 <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Stop that. Yes. Um... So it started out really great. It shows this really gross London, which is great because that's how it was. Um, and it's like super dirty and awful and I loved it. And then it showed like the upper, like the posh side of things. Sort of. mm-hmm. Did a really great job of that. Um, it uh, talked about something I'm actually fascinated about, which is the um, selling of bodies to medical uh, medical students and colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so that they can, you know, learn about the body and dissection and all of that jazz. Um, 
and it's has Mary Shelley in it. She fucking shows up, and I'm just like, <laughs> yes, and it's one of my favorite actor uh, act actors and she's amazing and um that was amazing and the, the actual book itself is in the story um it was so good and then they fucking got lazy uh-oh do not make me come over there and slap you all jesus it was great up until the last episode uh-huh i am so angry I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna have a gonna be a lot lot of this this week friends because i got a similar so, one coming up so angry tell them why you mad son so gonna be spoilers i'm just if you're gonna watch frankenstein chronicles please go do it um but you know understand that i am i get very disappointed in lazy writing especially when it has to do with women so at that, if you want to go watch Frankenstein Chronicles, you don't want to hear anything about it, you need to piece out right now. They murdered a character, a female character, one of the only female characters mm-hmm. who they have you make a connection with, that they have stuff happen to, who has her own personal growth. They fucking murder her for no reason. For no reason. They could have murdered, it could have been any, any dude named Carl on the street could have been murdered and it would have had the same effect. Not Carl. I mean, not... They, they're trying to, like, manipulate me into being all yeah. upset. Was it the villain who murdered her? No. Well, yes, it was. But it's... Basically, they set up at the end that the the hero, they frame him for her murder. Mm. Um, She didn't need to die. She didn't need to die. She had... Again, she'd gone through this unbelievable personal growth and she was they were setting her up to be happy with someone and having her own life and and getting past a whole bunch of like really crazy struggles. And then they're like, I know, let's murder her because we're all misogynistic assholes and we can't write ourselves out of a box. I'm not going to be watching second season, most likely. Second season out? Yes. Like it's on there, you're just like fuck it. Yes, because they're probably just going to add another female character, and then they're going to have someone stab her, and she's going to die. Well, Caitlin, we need to know that villains are villains. I just, <laughs> hey, they already had the trope where someone basically raped her. Oh, well, and that's how we knew he was a bad guy. So, I mean, really, you didn't? There was the list, and you needed more ticks on that one. So, I mean, angry. It was so good. The writing was good. And he was... It's Sean Bean. He was doing a great job being Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. And you know, Mary Shelley was in that shit. She's getting all involved. Thought she was going to help him solve it. Did they rape and murder Mary Shelley? No. Good. At least she was fine. <laughs> um, anyways, I just... Well, Kate. Yeah. I'm angry too. What are you angry about? There will be spoilers for things... That haven't even happened yet. Oh my gosh. Because I couldn't help myself. Oh no. And I had a sinking feeling. Yeah. So I went on a wiki. Mm-hmm. Full spoilers for Violet Evergarden are coming. Oh my gosh. If you are watching Violet Evergarden on Netflix week to week, you also need to get out. So basically you've come back and now you've got to leave again. <laughs> come back, get out. Unless you want to hear the tirade voice. Because it's coming. So. Last week's episode of Violet Evergarden. Yeah. I think as we said... We were starting now, seven, eight episodes in, to finally like get a sense of who she was, see the war, get her origin story. This is what we got now in episode eight. Yeah. 
great episode. Loved it. Went on Twitter and I was like, this is what I was waiting for. Shouldn't have taken ep- shouldn't have taken eight episodes to get here. Right. Now, what I've heard and what I'd read and kind of saw and I think read it was like, for reasons, for reasons, the show opted. There are two light novels that this series is based on. Right. There's the one that was basically Violet's story um, that won a bunch of awards and was super popular. And this is probably why we have an anime of this show. Right. And then there was uh, Cash Grab where nothing really happened. Okay. It's just like, let's hang out with these characters. Most of the front half of the show was from the second light novel. Yeah. Which was basically like Violet's letter of the week. Yeah. It's just like her traveling around, learn about this story as Violet continues to learn more about love and people and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So end of episode seven, I believe she finally found out or got back to her that the major was dead. Right. And that the dude... The head of the letter writing company was, you know, kind of lying to her, keeping that on the low. He got berated by the the, the booby typist. Yes. For the gypsy booby. The typist. gypsy booby typist for um, not telling her or for telling her because this news would just shatter her. Yeah. If she ever found out. Um, and then you start to see her life story, which had been alluded to, which was basically she was a child soldier that was found. By Gilbert's, the major's brother, and he handed it, handed her to him and be like, here's a weapon. Here's your tool. Go have fun with it. Win battles. But Gilbert saw her as a person. Yep. Very unclear the nature of Gilbert's motivations. Do you just see this as a person who deserved dignity and humanity? Mm -hmm. Or was he in love with her? Right. The Child. Right. The child. Yeah. It's called child soldier for a reason. Cause she a child. Yeah. She's like eleven, maybe. I don't have I don't have facts. Don't come up with your with your facts on Twitter because I don't care. She's presented much younger. Yes. And also emotionally broken. Yeah. Like no emotions whatsoever. There's a lot of trauma there. Yes. And that was what was keeping me in Violet Evergarden. Was that this was going to be a show about a woman basically reclaiming her humanity. In peacetime after living a life of war. Yeah. I was like, I'm kind of here for that. As she went around to see Gilbert's brother, to visit his grave, mm-hmm. they kept they kept leaving these crumbs. Well, there's no body there because we didn't find his body. We're like, we found his ID tag, but we never did find his body. Ugh. I'm going, don't do it. Oh, no. Don't fucking do it. Don't tell me that after all this, this motherfucker shows up with a crutch or a cane or something. And a beard and a scar. <laughs> and what the fuck has all this been for? Right. I should have left it alone, Kate. Oh, no. But I went on the wiki. Wikipedia. Put in stupid Gilbert's name. <laughs> Reading along. Yeah, he alive. Yeah. Apparently, he does, you know, not reject her. But, like, this doesn't mean happy ever after. You still need to, like, you know, discover who you are without me type of thing. You didn't have to. No. Your story was so... You did not have the courage to be interesting, basically. <laughs> like, you had such an interesting story, but you didn't have the courage to rock with it. Like, this is, like... I was reminded of the conversations we had around the time and that conversations I heard about Stranger Things too. Right. Which was, like... If you really want it to be interesting, you would have straight darthed Will. Like, you would have let Will do some really fucked up shit while he was possessed by the demon instead of, you know, 
he sent a couple of red coats off to go get killed. And then he was, you know, then they put him in the sweat box and sweat the demon out of him. Right. Will should have been the reason Bob got got. Like, right. That could have added some. You could have set, kept the whole thing the same. But if Will was the reason Bob got got, you could have added some, you know, actual emotional heft right. to your story. But Will's so cute. And you don't ever want to have him, these kids to deal with anything serious because this is fun time, happy, you know, BMX writing. I don't know what the makers of Violet Evergarden think they're doing. Right. And why they wouldn't choose to explore. Like loss. And (laughs) trauma. Because people ain't always going to come back. No. Maybe that's the only happy ending. Why is her happy ending so wrapped up? The whole point is for her to figure out who she is without a fucking man. Or, or on the other side of it, maybe it's a more interesting story to see how people deal with trauma and not just murder them for your story. Mm hmm. I'm sorry. In one case, we want someone to live. In another case, we want them to die. We want someone to stay dead. Yes. He already, wa- he already was dead. You didn't have to bring him back, but you thought the only happy ending that Violet could possibly have is if she gets the man. And in my case, the only ending you thought that this character could have is if she was murdered. And that, in both sides, is super fucking frustrating. So, I don't even know how many episodes they got on this show. I don't know if I'm going to keep watching it. I probably will keep watching it just so I can be mad. I'm going to make sure my we'll make sure my anger now is fully justified by the end of the show, but if they go through with how it is in the original source material apparently. Mm. So, I'm just sorry. I'm why, still mad. Why is that her reward? Like why does it have to be like why is it her own self-actualization her reward? Why is that misogyny? <laughs> oh, I just I had this thing in my throat huh, that was like just right there. Just, it was lodged. Right there? Yeah. Misogyny. Shots fired! Shots fired! It's my favorite drop. Anyway. There was one thing that I did watch that I watched to make myself feel better. What was that? Um, it was the newest season of Voltron. Oh my God. They're just... Every six weeks, I feel like I hear about a new season of Ultra. Yeah, there are only six ep- episodes. Oh, and they're, and they're amazing. It's an odd model, but yeah. they just and then we've just we we're starting to get even more character development, and I'm like psyched, so psyched. Um, so yeah, Kate. Yeah, n- n- still never finished the first season. Shaking my head right now. Yep. Oh, that's what I watched this week that made me feel better. Oh, Atlanta back. Oh yeah. You will still hate it for. You didn't hate Atlanta. Kate didn't hate Atlanta. We talked about Atlanta way back when it first hit. Um, and that's the, you know, Donald Glover created starring uh, show on FX. Mm-hmm. Comedy, not really. It's a dark um, comedy. And I've heard people say this season is more like what the show might have been pitched on the last season. Right. As far as like, you know, air quotes, Twin Peaks for rappers. Mm-hmm. Um. Apparently, it's a little more linear. Like, last last season was basically very, like, flashes of scenes. Yep. Like, Donald Glover, who is your star, might not be in, like, two episodes at a time. Yeah. Um, there was one episode that was basically just, <laughs> I think this is the one that won the Emmy, um, the Black Entertainment Network or something. It was basically a spoof of BT and the only connection to... The larger narrative was Paperboy appearing on like a roundtable discussion <laughs> show about trans issues. <laughs> <laughs> and 
including uh, a long bit with a totally like thumbing their nose at Rachel Dolezal about a black guy who decided he was transracial and wanted to be called Chad and was like practicing how to ask for IPAs and stuff like that. Oh my gosh. And there were some like satirical commercials in there where like, you know, a cop arrests the rabbit who's like trying to steal the cereal from the kids. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the yeah. shit Caitlin, not that she didn't like, like, I think she respect you respected it, but it's like, oh, it just made you feel. Oh yeah. Made you feel, eh, which the show will still do. It'll still have those moments that make you feel. Eh. <laughs> um, but it'll also have moments where Ern and Darius, oh God, Lakeith <laughs> Stanfield, you are a fucking national treasure, um, are like sitting at the gas station while they fill up and he's eating hot Cheetos. And he's like, what flavor are hot Cheetos? And Darius is like sitting on top of the car and just goes, hot, man. I, I, I do taste hot. <laughs> so Atlanta is back. I'm greatly looking forward to that. I don't know if I want to s- save it or... You should you should like sprinkle it. If I watch week to week, I ensure that like my podcast listening is like <laughs> well stocked because there's about like forty podcasts that'll be doing like recap shows about Atlanta this year. All right. Um. So yeah, that's the one thing I watched to make me feel better. And the other thing I did to make me feel better, and also the reason why I did not watch the thing uh, that Caitlin gave <laughs> me this week until this morning, was PlayStation game Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. one of the game of the year contenders, uh, finally went on sale on the PlayStation Network. So I scooped that up and finally it was, it was hard because my favorite race mode in Grand Theft Auto was paying out double money uh-huh. this week, this weekend. Right. So I was like, oh, just two more races, but I really want to check out Horizon. <laughs> Y'all, this game is gorgeous. There is water reflection people in the puddles. I showed Caitlin like five, like five minutes of gameplay and she was like literally yelling at the television. <laughs> like, like, look at that sun. Fuck you. <laughs> And then we we went we went and looked at because we were talking about Skyrim and how we just like loved being in the world of Skyrim and Jordan showed me like the preview for what Skyrim a Skyrim looks like all updated and I was like shut up shut up I can't right now shut up yeah it's a real fun game Aloy the lead character is the fantastic character the gameplay is really smooth um, very different varying elements every time you see a herd of robotic dinosaurs there you have a few options on how you could choose to like either just ignore them or go straight ham and get your ass kicked which is usually my (laughs) mode um but gorgeous game uh i don't regret waiting till it was on sale but But, definitely yeah it's on sale till like march 6th um so if you're hearing this you have like one more day to buy it if you're on go 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 PSN, go buy it go buy it go, go buy, buy it. it immediately go buy it and you get a sweet art book as well it's amazing it's the complete edition but don't look at it if you don't want spoilers yeah <laughs> jordan's like i don't even know who those people are and i'm like go go leave leave <laughs> eject hit the eject anyway well we're gonna go get some juice yeah some have a juice break to make us feel better for all the stupid decisions television's been making oh god television and when we come back we're going to talk about some things that we brought each other. Woo! BRB. Welcome back to the show. This is the 
half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. Yeah, it is. But before we do that, we have some rules. Mm-hmm. First rule is the rule of three. That is the rule that if we give something to each other that comes in episodes or sections or chapters, we have to at least consume three of those things. Yes. So the thing has a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. Mm -hmm. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that we will not talk about the things we brought each other because we want to deliver to you the freshest of, t of takes. Don't talk about the thing. Don't, don't talk about, about the thing. thing. Don't talk about the thing. I just don't talk about it. It's really hard sometimes. Sometimes. Um, sometimes when you're surprised or angry or saddened by something, it's really hard not to just like fire off a text. Or enraged. Or a gif. Knowing me. Um, oh, always a gif. Always a gif. I should have screenshotted it. Caitlin and I had a really good gif, gif back and forth <laughs> when I dared to question the... Uh, the love of the character Amos, the love of Amos from, from Expanse. Like, how dare you? I was like, it was that guy? <laughs> Gifs were flying everywhere. <laughs> um, finally, the third rule, which is not really a rule, it's just more of a policy, is there will be spoilers. Spoilers. We... You see it at the front half of the show. It's definitely here in the back half. It doesn't really mean anything. Listen, one thing this week. Yeah. It's based on historical fact. So it ain't that spoilery. No. And the other thing is like a real slow moving slice of life kind of drama. So yeah. not much to spoil there either. No. At but, least not in the first three. But if you're like, I absolutely want to know nothing that happens in these things, you need to head out. Fine, you baby. Sayonara. <laughs> Go grab yourself some noodles from a noodle place. Go to Japan. Be cool. Sorry. I'm, I'm not going to play the drop, but that was for somebody. <laughs> I'm just going to say that was for somebody. And if uh, they're listening, that was for you. That was for you. And also, please get me a copy of Crystal City by Junko Ohashi. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to this person. Or just anything with the perfume logo on it. Anything. Just, just bring it back. Hey, I had a dream that we went to Japan and we were trying to find perfume stuff and it was really hard. And I feel like this is our future. <laughs> like I just, this needs to be our future. Sidebar, somebody found their first single, like their first indie single ever. Yeah. Uh, on a on an auction site. Mm -hmm. Like $600. What? Who is ever in your life? These are not records. Like who's spending that much money on a compact disc? Someone who has enough money just to fly wherever they want. Go on any trip. It was funny. Uh, I w <laughs> we love to meander. I was talking recently about uh, how I'm the king of reissues. Yeah. Uh, given our record conversation earlier, king of reissues, some people have to be, gotta be the original pressing. Gotta be the original. Blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck. No. I will, however, I can get it. If it's on a compilation, I don't give a fuck. If it's a like fifth generation repress, if it's a bootleg, I don't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck. And the comparison I was drawing was. Here we have Sun Shower. Sun Shower by Taiko Onuki. Yeah. This this was a grail record for me. Okay. I was like, I'm just never going to have that record. I need to accept it. I'm never going to own it. Right. They repressed it in Japan out of nowhere. Amazing. This record cost me $35. That's great. You know what an original goes for? What? $300. <laughs> and I said to my homie, can you just imagine like living your life where like spending $300 on bullshit was like not a big deal? Yeah. Can you just imagine that? Yeah. And then I was like, although, yeah, then maybe... I could see myself doing it. And then we both paused and realized, no, we'd always feel weird about it because we've been poor for too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I, I can literally be solo 
making a hundred thousand dollars a year, I would probably still live in this apartment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was talking to someone else about that. How like, um, uh, I've been poor for so long that like other people, like when they get money, they start to buy like nicer things and stuff. And I'm like, look, I still have a jacket from like five years ago. That's like totally like falling apart. Like the sleeves coming undone. You will have to take that jacket out of my cold, dead hands because buying another jacket is just like, in my mind, is out of the question. Listen, I had a button pop off my peacoat this week and I was like, eh, winter's almost over. <laughs> it's fine. My bag strap kind of keeps it together up yeah, there anyway. No one can tell. I'm very, this is, it reminds me of the scene, you've seen Little Women now, so you know, mm-hmm. where like, Joe has like one messed up glove and like, or her, her gloves are messed up and her sister's like, fine, you take one nice glove and I'll take one nice glove and we'll just hold the other gloves <laughs> and no one will know that they're all stained and shit, <laughs> Joe. Anyways. Oh, uh, Joe. Man. Sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to it. We like to alternate. S- sidebar done. Sidebar done. Sidebar yes. concluded. We like yeah. to alternate, so we're going to start with the thing that Caitlin brought me. Yes. Now, as a kind of disclaimer, I have not seen this movie in a long time. <laughs> and I... If you're going to say at all. Oh, did, no. you, did you pull a me? Um, and But I remember really liking it, and... Uh, it reminded me, I don't know, I think I was thinking of things to give you and I had some comic book ideas and then I was thinking of comics that you had given me and Phonogram popped into my head, mm. um, which is a comic book that mixes like magic and music yes. and they talk about the uh, uh, British pop and British like alternative music scene mm-hmm. a lot um, and it sort of got me thinking about this. Um, 24 hour party people. It is a 2002 British comedy drama film about Manchester's popular music community from 1976 to 1992, and specifically about Factory Records. It was written by Frank Cottrell Boyce and directed by Michael Winterbottom, who's done a whole bunch of movies that you've kind of heard of. Um, The film was entered into 2002 Cannes Film Festival. It received positive reviews, didn't win anything. Um, It is starring a whole bunch of British actors that you don't know, but you've seen their face. Um, We know the Cougs at this point. Steve Coogan. We know the the Cougs. Steve Coogan, Patty uh, Cossadine, Danny Cunningham, Sean Harris, Shirley Henderson, Lenny James, Andy Circus. Andy Circus was in there? Andy Circus was in here. And uh, and John Sim, who some people may know as the master from Doctor Who. Um, so it begins with the, with the punk rock era of the late 1970s and moves through the 1980s into the rave and DJ culture of the man, uh, Madchester scene of the late 1980s and early 1990s. The main character is Tony Wilson, played by Steve Coogan, a news reporter for Granada Television and the head of Factory Records, the very fam- famous Factory Records. The narrative largely follows his career while, al- while also covering the careers of major factory artists, especially Joy Division and New Order, a certain ratio, the Darudi column and Happy Mondays. I was, I, this was a time I watched this movie when I was like, I was finding new music and I like stumbled into Joy Division mm-hmm. and like had a meltdown <laughs> and like listened to Level Terrors Apart like 60,000 <laughs> times back to back. As you do. Um, the film is a dramatized, uh, dramatization based on a combination of real events, rumors, urban legends, and the imaginings of the scriptwriter. As the film makes clear. So yes. it uses a lot of like breaking of the fourth wall, um, inter like placing like real footage, um, mm-hmm. saying when it's like using rumors. Like at one point I remember someone's like, I don't remember happen- that happening at all. It was uh, 
Tony on the first factory night, um, successful factory night. I think it was like the first night Joy Division played right. or something. He uh, got roped into the the bar owner was very excited by the night success. Yes, and uh, brought Tony out to a uh, basically prostitute van, <laughs> and his wife caught him uh, having getting a blowjob from a prostitute. She promptly went back inside, grabbed a dude named Howard, started having sex with him in a yeah. In oh, a yeah, bathroom, bathroom stall, and right. as Tony walks away, some guy cleaning the, the mirror goes, I definitely don't remember that happening. Yeah. And think, it's like, this is the real Howard. He says this didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's, I really like that about the movie. Uh, I hadn't seen a lot of that type of filmmaking. It's very British. Um, and it was a really fun way to sort of learn about that, like, history of music. Mm. Um, at the same time, I was really into... Um, oh, what's his name from Edge 102? The History of Music. Oh, Alan Cross. Alan Cross. First of all, I could like make love to Alan Cross's voice. Jesus. Just his voice though. I, Damn, I'm sure son. he's like <laughs> in his 70s now or like 60s or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But just like he's got like one of the most like smooth radio voices mm. and I could just listen to it all day, especially when he's talking about the history of new music. And he is sort of one of my influences for, like, why I discovered other music or mm. music from the past. Um, one of the weirdest things, just going on this, like, finding out about music and stuff, the Velvet Underground, I was, like, in way back when I was, like, I went into a super huge Velvet Underground phase. I was playing it one day, and my mom was like, was that the Velvet Underground? I was like, yeah. I was like, you know the Velvet Underground? She's like, they were my favorite band in high school. And I was like, weird. My mom was cool. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's my story. Jordan, I was surprised actually that you hadn't seen this movie. What did you think? I like to give the pause so she thinks I hated it. No, this was fucking great. Oh, fantastic. Um, First of all, because it, hey, it's British, so I'm like... <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> Do your British voice? <laughs> no, this, this version was like, Are you fucking... That, that's the yeah, version. Yeah. There were definitely some moments where people were yelling into microphones on this where I was like, nope, I don't know what the no, fuck. Nope, no idea what's nope, going no on. No subs on this, so I have no idea what's happening. Um, I love stories about scenes. Yeah. I've watched a billion grunge documentaries, not just because that was like, you know, my era, but mm -hmm. because that I just love stories about scenes. And... What was that one? There's that one about the Dandy Warhols and the Brian Jonestown Massacre that I haven't watched, but it's supposed to be really good. Oh, cool. I need to watch that one. Um, no, I love documentaries about scenes. I love stories about scenes. Also because I was fortunate enough to be kind of in a scene. Like, you know, in in the 90s, Grimpy. This Grimpy settles in. Stroke his gray beard. <laughs> in the 90s. Um when Nirvana broke, it proved to like the world basically that like, oh, you, it was the same. It was basically it was like punk adjacent. It was like, oh, you can't play your instruments that well. It's fine. Right. You only you own ratty clothes. That's fine too. It's like this is succeeding. So everybody went out and started bands. And right. even in Amherstburg, Ontario, Canada, yeah, there was this bar, this divey ass, shitty ass bar called Jimmy's Pub, that for some reason, to the chagrin of local law enforcement, <laughs> started. Doing all ages shows. Yeah. And some of my favorite music to this day are bands that literally 300 people have heard of that you know, you, the implants and pud fuzz. Like these are the bands <laughs> that used to play Jimmy's back in the day. And that feeling of like, holy shit, there's like something, there's something in the air. Right. I've had that experience in my life to feel like 
there is something happening here with art and music and it's just like crackling. Like, so I, I love stories about that. And also what's interesting, you said how like, this was like the music that tipped you off that like, there were other things happening. Yeah. Exact same thing for me. New Order was like the moment I realized that like, oh, there's a whole fucking world out there that I know nothing about. Yeah. I remember I was in, I have a very distinct memory of this. I was in a like, you know, advanced learners class when mm-hmm. I was in grade school. You yeah. Know, once a week, me and a few other people got in a bus and went to another school and like, you know, played fucking fur trader or <laughs> did, did, did mind benders and shit. Yeah. <laughs> On, um, Odyssey of the mind preparation, that type of stuff. <laughs> Um, there's a two way mirror. Someone was taking notes. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I didn't notice when they were sticking those discs to my, to my head. I didn't know what was happening, but on one of the weirder moments, it was like the dude played music and just kind of had us like, you know, just don't let your pencil leave the surface of the paper. Just kind of do what the music makes you feel type of thing. And one of the songs he played was Blue Monday. And I'd never heard Blue Monday before. Right. And But other people there had. Yeah. Like, people went, oh. And, like, I remember the prof who was an English dude. Yeah. And not the prof, the teacher who was an English dude was like, oh, some, some of you knew that song? And it was like, yeah, it was New Order. I'm like, what the fuck is a New Order? Like, I, <laughs> and I got into high school. And then it was, like, the weirder combat boot kids yeah. who were all kind of into this stuff. Or, mm-hmm. like, when I got cable and... Much Music, the precursor to a lot of what aired on Much Music was a show that aired on City TV, which was the local Toronto station in the same building, mm-hmm. History Gems, um, used to have a show called City Limits, right. where they would play, like, essentially, before Alternative was Alternative, meaning, like, Nirvana and Grunge and all that shit, yeah. and New Era Punk, it was, like, Susie and the Banshees and Kate Bush and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. Happy Mondays and Joy Division and New Order and the Smiths and all this stuff from... England I had like never heard before. I was like, what, what is, is going you know, on? The church and Bauhaus and all that type of stuff. And I was like, what? I've never heard any of this. So I was fascinated by that. Uh, I did like a lot of the fourth wall breaking type stuff. It wasn't overly obnoxious. And yeah. It added something. It, it made there be layers to this movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like. There's the story and then there's this is influenced by legend and influenced by real accounts and influenced by this person's take on it. And I really like that. And I, I do have, (laughs) I do have a bit of an aversion to like white people talking about how, you know, what real music is and what, you know, right. So there was the uh, producer character who ended up, the guy with the glasses who ended up, he ended up dropping dead of a heart attack at one point. But he was like the genius who was producing all of them. It was like, oh, they're not fucking musicians type of thing. And the one bit that got a huge laugh out of me was I think, was it New Order or was it Joy Division they were recording in the yeah. early bits? Where yeah. it's like he, there was a rattle in the drum kit that he couldn't get out. He wanted to like put him on the roof. Yes. <laughs> he wanted to record him on the roof. <laughs> Which I, it's a thing that happened. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't fact check this. But they put the drummer on the roof. <laughs> it's like, how am I going to know when to stop? stop? It's like, someone will come and get you and just go. Someone will come and get you. And like, at the no. end of the night, they're driving away and he's still on the fucking roof playing this beat. And I was like, all right. There was a moment early on where my note says, uh, Coogan gonna Coogan. Cause it's like, his name was Tony and the bar owner's name was Tony. And right. he's like, there can't be two Tonys. And I'm like, watch it. <laughs> I don't want to get too, Coogity. too British awkwardness. I did like when, what the hell is his name? Rob Croydon. The other guy from the yes, trip cameos yeah. a couple of times. Uh, I like when he was in there. Um, did I, uh, for some reason in my memory, I loved the bit about the table. Oh yes, because <laughs> <laughs> he decides factory records should have enough. So the the cr- the chronology here, basically, Tony Wilson—that's his name. 
I think so. I just think Steve Coogan. <laughs> Steve Coogan. Um, the contrast of his day job with his night job, I also greatly liked because he basically <laughs> did these like you know terrible human interest stories yes. about like a, sh- a little person who watches elephants at the zoo type yeah. of thing. And then he was really passionate about punk. He was really blown away by that. And they, he had this little show where they let him do whatever he wanted to, basically. And he, like, played Sex Pistols videos and things like that. And he wanted there to be a venue for this type of thing. So yeah. he goes out and he finds um, he finds a venue. They have a night called Factory where these bands will play at. Yep. Became very successful. And then he decided to start putting out records for the artists, um, as we find out much later in the movie, under no contract. Nope whatsoever no financial obligation obligation or claim to them whatsoever while simultaneously paying for all this shit like when fucking we'll get to the guy from happy mondays in a minute (laughs) (laughs) but like you know new order wants to take two years to put out their in ibiza (laughs) to put out their next album and they keep paying for it um factory ended up graduating sort of or blooming into this thing called the Hacienda, which was yes. this actually he bought the building. Um and they had a club night there. Was a huge legendary venue and evening. And was also very important on the as far as the transition from like rock into dance music. Because that's yes. also what the Madchester scene had a lot to do with was was this blending of like dance music with rock music and there's a point at one point where he's kind of like narrating narrating this moment where like the first time he noticed they were like applauding the DJ. Yeah. Like and how that it wasn't about the band or the people. It was just about the music and like the delivery. So all that stuff is very interesting to me. And yes, the, the table moment as he just keeps like spending money, he decides they should have an actual office. He wants them to have an office. Yes. So he goes out and he spends like $30,000 on this fucking table with like cords like yeah. <laughs> coming from the roof to the table. It's like it's you're paying for the design. Basically, Happy Mondays have gone off to Barbados yeah. to make this to make this album. There are no vocals on it. They don't really know what's happening with it. And they're basically trying to kind of like offload it to another label. Yeah. And it's like my biggest complaint with the movie, and this has nothing to do with the movie. This has to do with British people. Right. <laughs> is lad culture. I hate lad culture. Right. I hate good old boys. Oh, you're fucking right. Oh, yeah. Hate. Fuck all that. <laughs> jump in. Jump in. Tie a fucking weight around your waist and jump in the lake. Like, I don't, I'm no time for it. If you've ever been glassed or thought of glassing someone, I'm just like, fuck it. Done with it. Done. Done with you as a character. Um, and it's like, oh, he's a genius, but he's also a fucking addict. And why didn't you pull off their terrible manager who was just enabling him? Right. And <laughs> I do love that it explained who that guy in the Happy Mondays was who never did anything. Right. And just kind of bounced around. Bez. Yes. He was there. To tell people, basically to tell people that this was dance music. <laughs> the first time you see him, they pull him on stage because like nobody's dancing. We'll pull Bez on stage. We'll get him going. He was the hype man. Rock bands didn't really have hype bands. Hype man. That was interesting. Um, but London, the guy from London Records is like, all right, well, uh, here's the thing. I want to buy everything. Yeah. I'll give you five million for it. Everything. I want the building. I want the table. I want the back catalog. I want it all. And Tony Wilson's like, yeah, the thing is, we don't really have anything to sell you. Yeah, because we don't have any contracts. Because this isn't a company. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is what we have. And it's this thing he, like, scrawled in blood when he was, like, you know, 
coming up with a grand gesture with yeah. like fucking Ian Curtis or something from Joy Division that basically says, you know, we'll leave the bands alone. We just put out the records type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they get nothing. Like all of this was for nothing. And I also like the um, discussion about how despite the Hacienda being this huge like vibe and like the biggest party night in all of, you know, Manchester, if not the UK – a large part of that had to do with ecstasy. <laughs> Which bars don't make any money on. Which, as he said, we weren't selling ecstasy at the bar, though we did talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you don't – people on ecstasy aren't buying alcohol. They're yeah. just off their dome dancing. Yeah. And so the drug dealers were cleaning up to the point where he was basically paying off the drug dealers not to shoot up the club. Yeah. Because gun violence had exploded in the wake of all these drugs coming into the area. All that stuff was really interesting. It was kind of all over the place, but I mean, it's like 30 years of history kind of diluted into an hour and 40 minutes. Like yeah. you're, you're just, you're just not, there. you're just not, you're not, you're not going to pull that yeah. off. It does an admirable job. Um, I actually think the bass player from New Order slash Joy Division has written like at least a couple books about, about that whole yeah. era. Um, so if you really want to deep dive, let's look for, put Peter Hook into a Amazon or Indigo. That'll probably get you a deeper look into there uh of course you know me being the soft boy that i am i'll just talk about manchester i'm like where the fuck are the smiths and they do it's, it's just a one-off it's like i do regret not signing the smiths <laughs> <laughs> but i yeah i almost felt like it could have used more music right like there wasn't there was almost like not enough music but i mean it was more tony's story yes and what kind of a <laughs> inept fuck up he was but yet somehow he pulled this off the, well, to a certain extent, like, and he just like helped usher in all this music, right? He mm. was like this in person who helped, but got nothing really out of it yeah. in the end, except for ushering in this music and the scene and and stuff like that. It's one of those things where, you, if you look back and you look at the roster of like all the people who were in and around that time, you're yeah. like, holy shit, this was all happening at one time in one place. Like that's yeah. unbelievable. And I always love stories kind of in that field so yeah this is like an eight and a half for me Ooh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. yeah wow. didn't get too british uh did make me laugh a couple times wasn't too obnoxious with the fourth wall breaking <laughs> definitely moments where what the hell is that one band the band that he was always the terrible band that he a certain something oh. what were they called it doesn't matter i can't remember he had this band that it's like no it's like dance music it's like that was the least danceable shit i've <laughs> ever heard in my life what, what white the, what the white uk's version of dance music was always like struck me as odd at least yes. before drum machines got involved but <laughs> yeah definitely suss this out if you like stories about scenes and music history and stuff like that um yeah no i really like it awesome awesome i'm so glad i gave it to you then me too despite streams making me <laughs> they came and thought i was gonna hate it but i was just like really irritated with the ability of streams to work yeah on the well, internet i mean like we talked about like i know you really loved phonogram and one of the things you like loved about phonogram was capturing the essence of the scene and how when you have scenes there is magic there mm. right they say they take it literally um but really is there is sort of a magic to it um and this movie kind of it didn't capture that but it captured a part of that I thought that was cool. And I legit thought a phonogram myself because at least when two of these lads showed up, I was like, oh, it's Kid with Knife. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, moving on. Moving on. To the thing, finally. Yes. <laughs> I meant to give Caitlin four Fs. Basically, since the Anime Awards, where it got a uh, a lot of hype. I don't know if it won anything at the Anime Awards, but a lot of oh, people it's, were- Oh, it's new. New-ish. 
Like, I think it just wrapped its second season. Okay. Oh, but um, that's what I mean. That's new. I think. Oh, yeah. No, it's oh. not. It's not old, old. Oh, I thought it was um, older. No, I think it first aired in like 2015 or something. Oh, okay. But I was thinking of it. It's something I had watched way back when. Um, shouts to, she would never big herself up, but shouts to Megan Sullivan at Megan I, underscore IGN on, on Twitter. Because back in the days of the, uh, the IGN Anime Club, she was on this show from Jump. Come as again. like because she's she likes historical stuff and mm-hmm. she was like she likes she always liked the weirder anime like when everybody was like oh i love you know kill a kill and my hero academia or whatever <laughs> i always felt very um connected to megan because megan right. always liked like the weirder stuff <laughs> like the left of center stuff so i remember watching it based on her ador- endorsement early on she's like oh it's like set in like the 50s or 60s and it's all about <laughs> Yeah. This weird Japanese art form <laughs> type of thing. And now everybody's talking about it. Oh, my God. What do we do? How blessed were we to deserve this series? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, you can give your propers. She was on it. She was on it early. Go, Megan. But given the sort of renewed, in the wake of its conclusion, where people are like, oh, this show. I was like, well, I'll finally toss this to Caitlin and yeah. maybe watch more of it myself. And that is Descending Stories, Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju. Very well done. Which... Which is a anime that, like I said, I believe started in 2015, uh, based on a manga series written and illustrated by Hiroko Kumoda. The manga ran from 2010 to 2016, and it is a story set in the Showa era, hence the Showa Genroku. Uh, forgive me, I don't know the exact era, but it's basically like eh, the start of the 20th century. Yeah. Early to mid 20th century. And it is based in the world of Rakugo. What is Rakugo? What is Rakugo? Glad you ask. Literally, the word means fallen words. Cool. I think it's why it's also descending stories uh-huh. in the in the title of the anime. It's a form of Japanese verbal entertainment where a lone storyteller sits on a stage and using only a paper fan and a small cloth as props and without standing up from a seiza sitting position. The Rakugo artist depicts a long and complicated comical or sometimes sentimental story. The story always involves the dialogue of two or more characters. And the difference between the characters depicted only through change in pitch, tone, and a slight turn of the head. Yeah. Caitlin, you had a you had a summation of Rakugo. It is that you set like, off Mike. It is like a soul person doing a radio play live on stage. Yes. And you sit in an audience and you watch this person tell the story using different voices to try and communicate the different characters. And it yes. usually has something to do with like a comical misunderstanding or, mm-hmm. um, according to the anime, dirty ones yes. at some point. <clears throat> Body ones. Body ones. Mischievous ones. Um, so what do we have here in this story? Yotaru is a former Yakuza member fresh out of prison and fixated on just one thing. Rather than return to a life of crime, the young man aspires to take the stage of Rakugo, a traditional Japanese form of comic storytelling inspired during his incarceration by the performance of distinguished practitioner Yakumo Yurakute. He sets his mind on meeting the man who changed his life. After hearing Yotaro's desperate appeal for his mentorship, Yakumo is left with no choice but to accept his very first apprentice. As he eagerly begins his training, Yotaro meets Konatsu, an abrasive young woman who's been under Yakumo's care ever since her beloved father, Sukuroku Yurakute, another prolific Rakugo performer, passed away. Through her hidden passion, Yotaro is drawn to Sukuroku's unique style of Rakugo, despite learning under contrasting techniques. Upon seeing this, old memories and feelings return to Yakumo, who reminisces about a much earlier time when he made a promise with his greatest rival. 
This is a story set in both the past and present, depicting the art of Rakugo, the relationships it creates, and the lives and hearts of those dedicated to keeping the unique form of storytelling alive. Not the most action-packed thing in the world. No. <laughs> that said. Yeah. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Liked enough of what I saw when I first watched it, but really, as we have discussed, how you're like, I need to watch more anime because you've been getting a sense of just like everything this medium does where there's like no story it will not tell. Yes. That was basically like, well, here's one of those weird, like, you ain't seeing this story told a lot of other places. No. That was my curiosity there and reasoning for giving it to you. So how did this one go over? Um, First episode, I was like, eh. Second and third episode, I was like, amazing. <laughs> I don't care anything about the people in the present. Fuck the people in the present. Don't want anything to do with the shit. I want these people. I want this story. I want more of this. Well, it's amazing. <laughs> Thankfully for you, I think that's what you get going forward, basically. Excellent. I think the rest of the series, at least the first season, is just – it's the uh, – the titles are given out generationally. So he's the eighth generation, the old guy, Yakumo. But they – but the – I think the, but the guy before him, his teacher, was also eighth generation. Was he? Or maybe he was seventh generation. I think he was seventh. Okay. Know. But it's like – it's his story and it's him yeah. saying – what Which his life was. I didn't know that was what it was going to be about. And I was totally like, that guy's a Slytherin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and when she, when, when um, the daughter of uh, the artist who was murdered, um, when she's like. We don't know if he was murdered. Well, sorry. She says. She blames him. She says, um, you killed him, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when you learn more about their relationship, I'm like. Oh no, he didn't kill him. Something horrible happened. Like mm. I there's just it it was that was really cool. Um do not care about convict guy. Like he's just he's just like so many other heroes that is in with bunny ears. <laughs> um in anime. He's like a shonen protagonist, right? Like Oh, he yells too much and he's cries a lot and I did not care. I cared way more about the do- like the the daughter character. Mm. I wanted to, I wanted her and like the fact he didn't take on an apprentice I thought that was weird I want to know more about that I want more of their like yeah I just want more of the story between her father and the eighth generation storyteller I'm not sure if this is a gay show I want it. I wanted it to be. I kind of want it to be too. Um, I don't think it is. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. By that the, lady by, showed up on the end of the yeah. third episode. I'm like, you're going to ruin everything. <laughs> by the third episode, uh, basically the, the so plot points. Um, the the eighth generation. Who I don't know why Bon was such a big nickname because kids on the slope did that too, where bon? somebody was nicknamed Bon. bon. The stoic one was bon. nicknamed Bon. Um. Bon is basically he was a dance student and fucked his leg up like a geisha dance student. Yes, and was then basically given by his family to this uh, to this rakugo performer. Yeah, to train and be his apprentice and et cetera, et cetera. And similar to the um, similar to the yakuza guy, which is has a lot to do with why, as an older man, he took him on as an apprentice. Uh, Sukuroku. Um, I need a better name for him. Too many syllables. He basically, as a child, like, it's like, I love Rakugo. Teach me. Teach me yeah. how to do this. And basically just forces his way in. So he ends up taking both of them. Because he's already, like, 
concerns about the longevity of the art form are already starting to swirl around. And, I mean, you do see some actual kind of short, full performances of Arakugo throughout the show. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know how you felt about him. You, I maybe, maybe skipped you were, him. Maybe, okay. I was going to say, maybe you were fascinated, but I was like. Ugh. <laughs> it was so boring. They could have done it so much better. Like, it was interesting to see how it was done. I felt the first time they did it, like, really, that you got to see that was fantastic. And mm. I was like, okay, that was enough. When you see the contrasting styles where you see him as a younger man. um, Well, that was interesting as well. Like, but the first time you see the eighth um generation master like mm. he does the like side eye and then it shows him being on both sides of the conversation because mm. i didn't know what this was right i thought he was a magician like i didn't i didn't know what this art form was and then when you see it being done you're like oh that's really fascinating and that's really cool um and then but showing the stories every time was really boring. I thought in the first episode when you got the best sense was like when you see Bon and Sukuraku both go up. Right. And Bon is very stiff. Yes. And just like saying it. And then like you get – you needed that to get a sense of like what the hell good – air quote good Rakugo is. Yes. And Sukuraku is much more energetic and yeah. has a lot more personality in his in his delivery. That was probably enough. Yeah. Like, I really hope I'm not going to have to sit through Sukuraku or uh, Rakugo of the Week every <laughs> every episode because you don't really need it. And like you said, the, I think the, the characters are the better are the better portion. Yes. Or the better portion of the show. Um, yeah. But as they use them, it, you see them meet as kids and kind of get a sense of their personalities. And then yeah. it, time jumps ahead a couple times up to... Um, the seventh generation and Sukuraku going to Manchuria, is it? Yes, but you see them... During the war? By the third episode, they've come back. Yes. Yeah. And like the the embrace between the two oh. of them, it's like, hmm, is this, the, is this the underlying tension here? That could be fun, but I don't know that it is. I, I don't think it is. I was hoping, I so was hoping because um, there's like, really the scene for me was when... Um, I don't know anyone's name as usual. I don't think I know anybody's name on um, this either. Stoic guy made like, fun guy um, uh, pinky swear and yes. like fell asleep while he was telling well, He was talking to him? Yeah. Like that's really intimate. Like, I was like, that's really sweet. I really like that. Um, and yeah, the embrace on, at the end of that third episode. I was like, oh God, my heart. Um but then, like, some chick shows up, right? And yeah. Like, and I'm like, you're ruining everything. You're going to so dissent, woman. And I've read some things further on. Yes, she's going to. She will so dissent. Um, yes, I've, it's really the story about the relationship between the two of them and what they both want out of this this art form. So yeah, it's not, I don't think it's a laugh a minute uh, show no. by any means. And the first episode is longer than the other two. It runs about 50 minutes, I think. And it can be a bit of a slog. I feel like I watched it. I may have watched a different cut or something. Cause there is a director's cut of the first episode, but I remember it. I found the pacing was better this time. Like I did try to watch this previously. I think I, I watched the older cause the pacing was, <laughs> was it a slog? A little slog. <laughs> a little slog something? I just, I like, I can't express enough how I, much I do not care about combat guy. Like, don't. I do not. He could get run over by a cart, and I wouldn't care. Um, the daughter I'm, like, super interested in. Even the, like, butler guy. I'm like, that guy's cool. I want to know more about his life. Um, 
but every yeah, but the comic guy, I'm just like, ugh, just don't care. Is there enough there for you to want to continue with if, it? If it focuses on stoic guy and fun guy in the past, yeah, it does. Absolutely. At least for the first, the whole first season, I think is basically that. The second mm-hmm. season I've heard is like, I've heard basically the story is done after the first season and the second season is kind of like a lengthy denouement oh. type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. Um, also, I have to mention the art is amazing. It's a good looking show. Like they just, they're, they're at one point there were like beams on one of the houses and I was like, those are the most beautiful beams I've ever seen in my life. Um, it looked fantastic. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'll keep on watching. It is going to go down the list though. Cause I have volleyball yeah, boys. There, there I need are, to watch. There's some volleyball boys to get to. Um, and a couple of other things, not Frankenstein Chronicles. Hey, that, that freed up some time. So, yeah. um, and I've already seen all of Ultron for the season. So, so I've got some time, but volleyball boys will take precedence. And... Well, I, I have no, what, am I going to argue that? No, no, no. Um, and I, I as far as a boys. rating and kick punches, I would give it a, I give it a seven, 7.5. Solid. Yeah. Take that. Yeah. Well, that, I, I believe, I think that's on Crunchyroll, but make sure you spell it right. Uh, did I tell you I realized I think you were probably just spelling it wrong because Heike was definitely on Crunchyroll, but you may have like missed an exclamation point no, or two. No, I... I have watched it on Crunchyroll. What? This week I watched it on Crunchyroll. I searched like six different ways. And usually if you start to fill something out, it'll give you like a... Yeah, usually, but... Fucking hell. Girl, I'm telling you, it's on there. <laughs> watch an ep- so upset. Watch an episode it this week. so long to find it. Um, some streaming service will have Showa Rakugo, um, which is not Show Again Roku, eh, the Rakugo Show. The Rakugo Show. Rakugo Show. The Rakugo Show. Rakugo Show. Um, but definitely check that out if you want to see something different. If you're... And it's a cool, like, art form, and I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. If you want to, like, learn something about Japan and the culture that you didn't know anything about, um, and isn't super... Despite you might think it's going to be like, I'm going to be the best Rakugo guy in the world. Like, I'm going to be the best ninja or the best volleyball player. It does not have. No. Even though it might be like picking something from Japanese culture and history that like has not. It seems like it's ticking that box. It's like, oh, this is the Rakugo shonen. It's not really a shonen. Um, It has a much different energy than a shonen show. So if you want something heartfelt, a little deeper, might resonate with you a little more. Definitely a little more slow moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but not pl- cloying like a slice of life usually is. This yeah. isn't like Poco Zudon World. Like, <laughs> by the way, I, was, I forgot about that show. You might be getting that show sooner than later. I am here. I am <laughs> laughing, going, "Oh, that show's probably so boring." <laughs> it's amazingly boring. Um, well, seven point five. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, on that note, I uh, think it's time to go, Kate. Yeah, I think it's about time. All right. Well, I said at the top, you can get at us. At any of our socials, Twitter and Instagram at GeekdownPod, email us geekdownpod at gmail.com or at our Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. If you'd like to support this endeavor financially to ensure that we can, I think, uh, microphone, another microphone will be next up so we can get some guests yeah. in here. Yeah. You can learn all the ways you can do that at our Patreon campaign, which is patreon.com slash geekdownpod. And uh, yeah, thank you to those who supported us. Listen, we have this mixer. Yeah. All thanks to you, patrons. This beautiful mixer. This gorgeous wire 
tangled mixer. Which is why we sound so smooth today. Smooth and smooth. silky. Smooth. Look at them lights blipping. Look at them smooth. levels. Smooth. Smooth levels. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we will see you next week. Yeah, we will. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let's just let's just have a conversation. Just to test everything. Yes. Let All right. Turn you up a little bit. Look at our th- these thick ass cords. Yeah. The th- thick with two C's. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> <laughs>